On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Uh, we've already been hearing from TDs this hour about how they want 2023 to go down. But let's have another discussion about how it might actually go down in truth. Uh, we're joined on the line by Philip Ryan, who's the political editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent Newspapers. Philip, uh, good afternoon and happy new year to you. Uh, fair to say now that with the reshuffle in the rearview mirror, uh, that this is very much already a government on a general election footing? Well, some people would argue that you're on general election footing the minute the ballots are counted from the last election, and a lot of politicians would see it that way. But this is very much, things have refocused themselves now this year and after the changeover power last month that all the parties now, they can see the finish line um, in, in, in sight. And that's Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil, uh, Sinn Féin, all the parties. They're all looking now, what will be the next thing? What will be the, the issue that, that jumps up that they all have to, to get involved in? What do they have to, to do to, to make sure they can make the most out of any controversies or if they're on the government side, uh, make sure they get through any controversies? And what, what's going to be their legacy? What's going to be the legacy of this first ever um, coming together of the Civil War parties, uh, the first ever rotating Taoiseach? What will they be able to point to when in the, the, the latter half of 2024 or in early 2025, when people go to the polls and ask themselves, do I want more of the same? Um, as we saw with the, the changeover in power, that, that that's pretty much the strategy of the government. Or do they want change, as is Sinn Féin has been promoting and selling for a so while now? Do you think then that it's going to be possible for the coalition to stay on the fairly harmonious road, which by and large it has been on for the last two and a half years since June 2020, that if they are now going to start looking at the election, and of course they're all going to be contesting the election as different parties, is it inevitably going to start creeping in that there's going to be a little bit of antagonism or a small amount of hostility because they are going to start looking at each other as opponents rather than colleagues. Yeah, well, well, that's a fair point. They have gone on remarkably well. There's been very little kind of fallouts or uh, bickering, public or otherwise. There's been a few flashpoints between, um, you know, rural Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael TDs and the Green Party. I'd say that's something you'll see um, people capitalise on getting closer to the elections. Uh, a lot of um, in in government and opposition, they'll see those seats as being kind of up for grabs because the, remember, there's twelve seats, a, a historic high for the Green Party. But a party that history will tell you that they don't always get thanked for their work in government, mm. albeit in the benefit for, for everybody else. So within the government parties, you would think that that will come um, come to the fore. There's two schools of thought on what will happen between Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. And there'd be a lot of concern out there that um, eventually the coming together shows that, you know, there's only a cigarette paper between them. And when it comes to policies and ideology uh, and the likes, um, Fianna Gael are very much trying to paint themselves as a more centre-right party, pro-business, pro-tax and all that. But a lot of their policies don't really point towards that because there is a uh, quite a large um, social welfare net that they provide too. And they're also quite worker worker uh, friendly and worker positive in, in their policies. Of course, and, and they had to become fairly interventionist when it came to, to COVID and then the following on about Ukraine as well, where we still have a massive uh, business energy support scheme. So they're not totally pro-free market when it comes to needing to subsidise the whole no. thing to keep it afloat. Yeah, it just depends on what part of their base that they're trying to play to at any one time. Like They, they always um, do somewhat of a, a wolf whistle to, to that cohort who, who, who want to think that, that that's the type of party Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael are, but they're, they're not really. They're kind of more broad spectrum in, in very much the same way as Fianna Fáil are. But, but going back to the point that I was trying to make is that um, essentially that Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael 
they could see themselves increasing seat numbers if votes transfer between the two parties when um, traditionally they would not have if their supporters now think okay it's safe enough to, to give your first to a Fianna Fáiler and then you can go down the ballot to a Fianna Gaylor and that might get over the line mm. or do you, do you think it might just cancel them out well I was going to say do, do you think that will happen though because if you are a supporter of one party then how likely is it that you're going to lend your number one to the other are you not just going to remain as a supporter of Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael and then maybe give your transfers further than the ballot paper which which may not be a whole amount of use yeah, well, that, that's that's the more likely scenario, but it, it, some in the parties believe that that could help in the end of the day when it when you are going down further and further down the ballot, which will inevitably be the case given how fractured the the kind of political landscape mm. is, and there's going to be three kind of quite big parties going into the the next election with their votes split very much so, like it has been um, in the last election. So, so look, the threat that is the threat there, or. Or else you'll just kind of, kind of give up on them because you know well, what was the point in fighting all my life or insisting in the pub that Fianna Fáil were the best and they were nothing like Fianna Gael. But then they all came together and there was there was no real difference yeah, at all. And they all got on grand. Uh, we've named four parties so far in this chat, but of course there are other parties in the Dáil. There are three other parties that have actual you know technical groups of their own, and then there's smaller parties the likes of Aintu or um, Right to Change, mm. for example. Um, what do they need to do to try and really? make a dent this year because what we've seen for the last two and a half years is that opposition just becomes inevitably dominated by Sinn Féin they become the first party that journalists like you and I approach when you need a comment from the opposition about things that the government is doing and it's very very difficult for smaller opposition parties to be heard in that kind of environment so how do they go about trying to make a dent this year? Well, like it's a, it's a difficult one for the Labour Party and the, the Social Democrats would be the, the first ones to jump out. But I think what they can do as a party is um, position themselves to people who don't want to vote for the traditional government parties and are still a little bit nervous about putting Sinn Féin in government and the various things that come along with that and the history, um, both in long history gone by and, and recent history as well with the party and the various controversies it finds themselves in. So they they can possibly position themselves as that we're the kind of uh, opposition light they won't like to be called that but as in that if you want someone in there in government who's going to act as the the, the watchdog as such we, we can be those parties and, and they have room to grow like we saw the social democrats grow quite significantly in the last election it's hard to know what is going on with the labor party and um, even internally they seem to be pulling each other apart because they just don't know. Nothing they seem to do works. They tried Alan Kelly, that didn't work. They've tried Ivana Bashik, that isn't working. What do they do to, to bounce back from the, the historic low that they've they've hit? And and, and as Ireland's oldest party um, in the country, it's it, it's quite unusual that that they would have lost such um, amount of public support and the public have turned their back on them since those days of the austerity measures that they were forced to mm. to, to force through um, for the for the good of the country. Well, really. yeah, well, I suppose it's the fact that that line is debatable, which is maybe the reason mm. why they haven't been able to, to revive themselves. Um, going back to, to the government parties and how that's going to work, obviously we are now at a two-week remove from Micheál Martin being appointed as Minister for Foreign Affairs, so we know little or nothing about how he's going to go about the job. Mm. But, I mean, history is littered with enough examples of party leaders who have taken on the job of uh, Minister for Foreign Affairs. They're not at home nearly enough. The party starts to get restless in their absence. And then suddenly a bad election result comes along and then suddenly it's curtains for the leader. Um, Micheál Martin is going to have a serious job on his hands to try and be an able Taunashta and try and keep the party in command while also spending so much of his time in Brussels and Belfast, isn't he? Yeah, and, and this goes back to a comment that Barry Cowan made just before the changeover where he said, 
where he called on Micheál Martin to, to appoint a deputy leader and almost uh, in doing so appointing a successor that would remain in Ireland, that, that would be able to go around constituency, meet the backbenchers, meet the grassroots, build on the, the base that they have. Neil Martin is very much against that proposal. He doesn't like having a, a deputy leader. Anytime he has one, it, it never lasts long for whatever reasons. Derek Leary, Eamon O'Quive, um, yeah. and he himself would insist that deputy leaders isn't really something that Fianna Fáil have done, but there has been deputy leaders of Fianna Fáil in the past. Mm. But, but there, isn't the point of a deputy leader though, maybe this is somewhat uh, undermined by by Simon Coveney being the Fine Gael deputy leader and he's been abroad for so much of the last five and a half years but isn't the job of a deputy leader almost to kind of do that rank and file nurturing stuff that the party leader is often unable to do that if the party leader is in government and you know they're maybe they could be the teacher Cathonish down they don't have a chance to attend to the grassroots stuff that the job of a deputy is basically to kind of go and do that to go on the the chicken and chip circuit to go to the local uh, conventions and the local branch Certainly, meetings yeah. and, and to really make the, the, the grassroots feel like they are not forgotten about and, and yeah. maybe it's something that Fianna Fáil could actually really use I think that they could, and there's a lot of people there who could do the job, and especially when you have various um, TDs who are serving in ministries, which allow them to travel around the country and allow them, if it's Darrell O'Brien going around to open various housing developments that his part, his his department has funded, um, it, it could have been Jack Chambers going around throwing sports grants at every GAA <laughs> club in the country, but he's obviously lost that gig now. But he, he still um, could be going around opening new roads or various things in his new department. So th- th- there's an element there and there is an opportunity there for someone to do that and I, it's hard to see that it would be anything but a benefit for, for Fianna Fáil if someone was to come in and do that job Final question before I let you go Philip um, this New Year's Day edition of On The Record 53106 for your text on the record NT our hashtag um, do you think it is somewhat I mean I know look at many is a slip between cup and lip and the election could be spring 2025 so there's, there's an awful lot of, of road to travel before we get that far but it does seem that the opinion polls have been pretty static for about 18 months close to two years even the opinion polls that you'd publish your in the Sunday Independent from Ireland thinks they show pretty clearly that Sinn Féin is very much in the driver's seat is there anything that could happen at all in the next two years that might threaten that status or have the public made up their minds that 14 years of Fine Gael and 5 slash 9 years of Fianna Fáil is enough that people yeah. have just made up their minds now that they want something different irrespective of whether it's good or bad but look, you know yourself, every, everything changes once the campaign starts and the poll numbers that are there, let's say on, on day one of the three weeks or whatever it's going to be before polling day, are never the same as what um, happens when the final votes are counted. And it, it, There's just always a change. The campaign is going to make a whole lot of difference. People's minds focus. They sit down. They'll watch a debate on RTE. They'll read some, um, some copy in a newspaper. They'll listen to shows like yourself to get a proper feeling of how they're going to cast their vote. Now, like you say, people might have made their minds up. Um, if it, if we're going by the polls, it, it's a it's a third of the country who want Fianna Fáil or want the Sinn Féin in power. There's another two thirds uh, that want something different. There's about forty uh, odd percent who seem happy with the the current situation. So there's it's all to play for. And as has been the nature of our politics in recent years, that it will come down to what happens after the votes are counted. No one's mm. going to have an overall majority. So it'll be about who wants to go into government together. 
Could it be Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin? Could hmm. it be the same, the coalition again? Who knows? But like that's going to be the options that will have to be teased out after the voting is done. And we didn't even get anywhere near the whole topic of the fact that there's going to be a constituency review this year which could result in at least a dozen seats and possibly more being added to the doll, which would be a whole other ball game. Uh, Philip Ryan, Group Political Editor of Irish and Sun Independent, thanks very much for joining us today on On The Record and Happy New Year to you. Thanks, Kevin. On the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PWC. Sunday morning at 11. On News Talk.